Dr. Isaac, dial zero. The Brent Community Healthcare System presents Hospital Insider, the podcast. Your host is Gary Chalk, the retired director of public affairs for the Brandt Community Healthcare System, a newspaper columnist, and former radio broadcaster. The podcast features conversations with members of the medical staff, the caregivers, volunteers, the leadership team, and donors of the Brantford General Hospital and the Willett Hospital in Paris. Listening to Hospital Insider, the podcast, will inform and educate you about hospital care. So please share this podcast with your family and friends and encourage them to subscribe as well. Remember, if it has to do with hospital care in Brantford, Paris, and throughout Brant County, we will talk about it on Hospital Insider, the podcast. Welcome everybody to Hospital Insider, the podcast. I'm Gary Chalk. Two guests in the studio today, Doug Hunt and also Bruce Wilson. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey Gary, thanks for having us. It uh, should be an interesting discussion, a little bit different aspect of healthcare, hospital care on the podcast today. Let's admit it, uh, hospital patients can become bored, often spending long periods of time restricted to a bed, stimulation perhaps relying on visits from family or friends or renting a television or reading, completing crossword puzzles or whatever. However, at the Brantford General and at the Willett Hospitals, pets and entertainers have come to the rescue. There's a lot of research over the years that shows that uh, visits to hospital patients by entertainers and pets can be really just what the doctor ordered. Patients can benefit uh, physically, mentally, their motivation improves, they become more socialized, and it's really a win-win situation, not just for the patient, but the patient's family, and and also, quite honestly, for Bruce and Doug, who are, are with us today. They have been at the forefront of this type of therapy, at the Brantford General Hospital for quite some time now. You probably don't need to be uh, introduced to Doug Hunt if you're from this area. Doug, AKA Doug the Great, not known just locally, but also internationally. Congratulations as an entertainer. He even has uh, a, um, a, uh, a record with the Guinness World Record for the most number of steps on stilts. But Doug, you've been clowning around for a long time before you started doing it at the uh, the Brantford General. What what got you into into becoming a clown in the first place? Oh, that's a good question. Actually, I uh, started as um, a young child. Um, I had trouble. I was, I guess, I was overly shy, and uh, my dad, uh, being uh, he was the first golf pro at Northridge, uh, come from Birmingham, England. Uh, he couldn't believe one of his sons could be so shy because he was such an outgoing guy. So to build up confidence, he taught me how to juggle, because that's what the caddies did, did back in England when they were at the golf courses, so um, that helped That helped me. And then um, later on, uh, I was a camp leader uh, with the uh, Parks and Rec in uh, Brantford, a leader in training at a day camp for uh, children uh, who were uh, physically and developmentally challenged. And I used to go with my sister and got a, uh, my first job as a volunteer there was a camp, um, one of the camper uh, camp directors, and so, I used to do some magic shows for the kids, uh, for them, and that's how I got the name Doug the Great. So it's been around that. for a while. Uh, yeah, we're going back to uh, the early seventies. <laughs> when did when did the stilts enter into your into uh, your act? Well, I found later on in life as an entertainer, uh, no one could see me when I was uh, performing out at the parks and different festivals and that. And I thought, geez, I got to get up on stage. And so the stilts sort of did the trick. And so now. Being five foot five, it got me over ten feet, and certainly uh, I got noticed, and uh, uh, certainly added to uh, my entertainment ability to reach more people.
people. And it also got you into the Guinness Book of Records. Briefly tell us about that. Well, oh God, it's going to be hard to say briefly, but uh, I had hurt my knee and the surgeon, uh, one of the uh, hospital surgeons said, no more stilt walking for you. You have no ACL. You have amiscus problems. Uh, you're missing some muscle. And uh, so with my, uh, my real job, my re real career job working at Participation House, now called Participation Sports Services, um, I was a little depressed until I went to work and uh, I was... Uh, taken back by everybody feeling sorry for me, some of our clients there, and it turned it around, and that's when we uh, decided, geez, I got to turn this around and uh, and do something about uh, uh, my own <laughs> being depressed, not being able to, uh, um, to being feeling sorry for myself, I guess I'm trying to say, Gary, and uh, so we put together, we put together a team uh, and uh, challenged uh, a record that was current in the United States by a guy by the name of Steady Eddie Wolf. And uh, it was 40 feet, nine and a half inches. So we went after the record and um, eventually uh, set a new record at 50 feet, nine inches at the opening of the Tourism Center. So it was to do with uh, getting myself back on stilts, but also to help others. The more you help others, the more you help yourself. And so it was a great fundraiser, and it got me back on the stilt walking. And good mantra. Certainly a big achievement. The more you help yourself, the more you help others. Exactly. Good. That's good. Bruce, I know that while Doug was out walking on stilts and pulling rabbits from hats and all the things that he's done through his magic career, uh, you were working at Union Gas, you retired, but you were, you've been well involved in the community. Talk to a little bit about how you got into the community uh, volunteering. I had a couple of uh, really good managers at Union Gas over the years. <clears throat> and one of the things that they always encouraged was participation in the community. So got themselves involved in the United Way, uh, Junior Achievement, uh, DARE, the, the Chamber of Commerce and things like that. So we always had this, this feeling that we can do more and meet a lot of people out there, do good for the community. And uh, we did that. So with, with us, we'd always had dogs growing up in our family. We're, we're dog people. So we had a, at the time, we, we started down this path with the dogs. <clears throat> we had a golden retriever that she was about nine years old. We thought it'd be nice to have a puppy in the house. And we started thinking about how we go about that. And we thought it'd be really good for us to foster a puppy for Dog Guides of Canada. We like dogs, goes to good purpose, we like serving. So we raised an excellent pup, chocolate lab, a male at the time. He, uh, he grew up, he was with us for 13 months, went off to training, he was there. Turned out he was limping, he had an elbow problem, and he was disqualified from continuing. So, good dog, we really enjoyed him, we were very attached to him, so we adopted him. As a, the foster family, you get the first shot at adoption for the dogs. So we got him back home, we thought, okay, he's a, he's a great pup, um, but he's more than just a great, great pet. We should try to find something else to do with him. That got us looking around, we found the Therapeutic Pause of Canada and thought it'd be a good fit for him to go out and share him with other people, essentially. And the Therapeutic uh, Pause of Canada, that is, uh, I'm sure they do many things, but are they sort of the, uh, uh, the, the arm that reaches out, the connection between dogs, dog owners, and the hospital? It's an umbrella organization that what it does is, is qualifies and certifies people and dogs to make sure it's appropriate for, for both of them to go into these places where people are going to trust that you've already been, you know, screened. Certainly. 
So they are the group that oversees the entire, um, the entire operation. It's now in seven provinces, about 600 different volunteers, and uh, all run by volunteers. Excellent. Now, what happened is that Doug and Bruce are now members of the Volunteer Association of the Bryant Community Healthcare System. There's about 400 volunteers that uh, provide time through the two hospitals, 46,000 hours in the course of a year, staggering number. And just to repeat that, 46,000 hours that uh, these approximately 400 people contribute to help patients and their families. And they're also helping staff, physicians throughout the organization as well. You, Doug, got to the Volunteer Association around early 1990s. Mm -hmm. Is that when you started with with them? And at that point, it was you as Doug the Great that was, was, was coming in to the hospital. Bruce, you arrived with your pet, uh, the Golden Retriever, Hunter? Well, Park, we had, uh, Lewis was our chocolate lab. We, uh, we shortly after that, had another one, another one that came back from Dog Guides of Canada, and she was a, a female Golden Retriever named Haven. And she was also uh, way too good to sit at home and do nothing, so we got her involved, too. So at one point, we had two dogs doing this. That was started back in 2006, I believe, at the BGH. Now, not just anybody can become a volunteer without going through some, some training so they understand what they're getting involved in. And that, that can be as a volunteer working at a reception desk, uh, portering patients, doing one of many, many activities that volunteers are, are involved in at the Brand Community Healthcare System. What type of special oversight or training do you gentlemen have to ensure that before you walk into a patient's room, that you're, you're doing the right thing. Doug? Well, I'm glad you brought that. First and foremost, we're volunteers with uh, the hospital, uh, but we're also uh, entertainers. So um, what happens is uh, our recruitment is uh, through people that have already been in the community entertaining as either a clown or um, a magician uh, we've got a couple of other people that are actually superheroes, uh, Captain America and Wonder Woman. So they're already got some skills that they bring uh, to the table. And then uh, prior to coming uh, and being a volunteer in the hospital, just like anyone else who uh, wishes to uh, help out uh, and be a volunteer, we go through the process with Carrie Astiles, who's a volunteer coordinator. So uh, it's so important um, that people understand that uh, we are first. Uh, volunteers with the hospital and secondly uh, we uh, bring these skills and we work um, in this department which we call uh, ourselves the fun troop um, um, bringing um, sort of some uh, taking the edge off of being in the hospital that you said at the very beginning and uh, having uh, maybe uh, turning uh, uh, the situation around of one of boredom or um, not feeling so great and uh, bringing a little bit of, even as uh, being a friendly visitor, if it's, if it's that. So yeah, we have uh, special skills uh, to begin with, and then uh, also uh, a, a volunteer trained, uh, knowing um, the situation that we're going into, uh, and there's some responsibility with that people should understand. Certainly. Bruce, it's just not you that's going into the room. You're going in with Hunter. Patients, family, staff, everyone must know, obviously, that, that you and Hunter are qualified to be there. Yeah, we get to wear a, a shirt that says that we're with the group, and the dogs wear vests, which you know shows that they are not just a dog coming in off the street. 
So our organization, the TPOC, will, will qualify us through reference checks, through police checks, um, plus an assessment you, you go through just to make sure you're appropriate. And there's a probationary period as well. The hospital does its further assessments. We, we even do the TB tests. Um, it's ongoing training in terms of codes and, and behaviors and that type of thing. For us, it's more that um, we are trustworthy than we have particular skills. Because to, to walk into people's rooms, to be left in there by yourselves and a dog, and to walk about with, uh, with the ability to do that without oversight means we have to be trustworthy people, and that's really what it's about. I'm a patient. You just walk in the room we with, walk. with honor? We, we go to the doorway, and we simply announce ourselves with the dog in hand, saying, would you like a visit tonight from a, from a friendly dog? What's the typical answer? What, what response do you get? Because we go into varying uh, environments, let's face it, not everybody's feeling good, especially in a hospital. Right. And generally, we're well received. Occasionally, people don't like dogs. Occasionally, we have an allergy issue. Occasionally, they are just not up to it that particular night, just not feeling well. But, but uh, the majority of the time, yes, yes, please come in. So you approach the patient of the bed, we ask, we walk up to the bed, we say hello, dog walks up, puts the head close enough for a pet. If the people seem receptive, um, the dogs will actually stand on the side of the bed, up high enough that the, uh, the patient can reach and look into the eyes of the dog nicely. Sometimes they have a bit of a conversation. Sometimes that brings on conversations about pets they've had in the past, how they're missing their dog right now. Um, it's... Um, it's very frequent that you can see the change in somebody's mood while, you're, while you're in the room. From the point where you ask to the point where you leave, going from kind of a somber, bored kind of a thing like Doug was talking about, to smiling and generally feeling better about things. Therapy with results almost in instantaneously. Hey, you know another thing that happens? Um, if you go into a room with a group of people, you can see the entire room change in atmosphere, where people were kind of not talking too much to each other, just like when you get into an elevator, you'll have eight people on there, they're all sort of looking at the door, waiting for it to open. People all start talking, they all start chatting, they all start smiling, the whole atmosphere changes in a room. You can see it, it's really obvious that it happens over and over. Doug, you, I guess, are not on stilts. No. When you're in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. But what, 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 what's your gig? What act do you take to the door when you enter? Well, they're, um, the way we work, we always have two, so we work in pairs. Uh, we, um, we always check with the staff. We, we feel like we're members of the healthcare team. And, uh, Which you are. Yes, and uh, so we um, make sure we go to the, um, the nurse's station and talk to the staff and find out uh, what's going on. And you know, sometimes uh, you can tell either talking to them or you can pick it up that uh, maybe this is not uh, the place to be. And that's probably the, I would say, our, the skill, and, and Bruce is agreeing with me and gesturing, that uh, you really gotta know the situation because we're really there to help. Um, not only the patients, but the staff. And so we wanna work with the staff and sometimes they'll send us to a certain room. And the same thing, uh, we'll ask if uh, they're looking uh, to have a visitor. Sometimes, because we're usually in, um, uh, themed as our character, they right. know right away. 
Right. Uh, and we know right away <laughs> this isn't if the doctor. they're open. <laughs> no, no. And uh, so uh, it, it sometimes they're calling us over or we'll run into um, a spouse who'll send us up to a room. Oh, so-and-so will want to see you. This will be great. Um, and we also find um, uh, different uh, floors or uh, even emergency uh, we're needed the most sometimes because sometimes there's a bit of a wait and uh, we certainly are uh, well received um, uh, in emergency. Sometimes the uh, nurses even send us into the back part of the emergency where there's a situation going on, which I used to feel uncomfortable with. And that's why we really need to work with the staff and make sure that we are invited and that we're not getting in the way of uh, the real needs. Uh, but I know we've worked with um, the doctors and maybe a young child patient on, uh, again, uh, the child being really apprehensive and really worried. And not only that, let's say they've got a broken arm or something, and um, that's the last place they want to be, and uh, everybody looks so official in that. And then a couple of clowns go in there, and we're squeaking the doctor's belly and, and doing different things. It really does take... Uh, um, uh, that edge off, as I want to say it, and uh, make them feel a little bit more uh, welcome and less you know, uh, intrusive on them and everything. So we become a, a real team with the staff and working with the patient. And other times, Gary, I got to tell you, um, we know right away we disappear. And uh, that's the art of this whole thing. It's like working, I've worked in a restaurant too, hey Bruce? And so you go there and some people just want to be quiet. They don't want um, any entertainment. They want uh, whatever the reason is. And I think from years of experience, you can almost pick that up uh, uh, without even talking to the person, just their, uh, uh, their, how they're reacting to you. So uh, we work with the staff. Uh, we certainly ask to be invited into the room. And uh, sometimes we don't even perform that much. Sometimes it's just uh, a friendly visit and someone to talk to. But whatever it is, that's what we're trying to accomplish. So uh, we uh, actually... Um, uh, leave with a, a, a nice impression and, and, uh, and, uh, and people feel um, that uh, they've had a little bit of fun and a little laughter to take the edge off. And when you mention about when you leave, I'm sure when you leave at the end of that visit through the hospital, whatever day, I think, Doug, your crew go in Wednesdays? Yeah, we, uh, we've come up with a night so the staff know. Uh, we have like nine members and again, we go in twos. So uh, when we start getting more members, we might spread out uh, to other evenings or days, but right now it's Wednesdays, yeah. And Bruce? And we're Mondays, we alternate evening and morning. Okay. Because we, we achieve different uh, visits. Okay, so Doug, you mentioned when, you know, it's time to leave. Let's talk about when it's time to leave the hospital. Bruce, what do you feel like when you're walking out back to the parking lot and and does does Parker have a little vest with yeah, he, him? He wears a red vest. So a can, red vest. So you can okay. tell. The, the first thing you need to know is when we're completed our work for the night, Parker heads into the Tim Hortons because he gets a Timbit, a one plane Timbit, and that's his reward for the night. We can't get out there without him heading in. So he steers me in there. And he's got one spot where he stands every time, same spot, and he won't move from there until he gets his Timbit. Good for him. So after you get the Timbit out of the way and head to the parking lot. Yeah, usually there's a, there's a good sense of uh, what you accomplished that night. Yeah. Some nights you're great, some nights you're good. You know, but that's, yeah, there's always that sense of, yeah, we did some good here tonight. Good for you and good for Parker. Doug, same thing, you must, must leave there and have some, some good feelings. Oh, I mean, um, 
Just like that's why we volunteer. We uh, certainly uh, get, uh, we were well received. And I tell you, Gary, when we're well received, we are really well received, uh, more so than anything else um, that I've um, entertained in the community at different functions and festivals and fairs. Um, I think in both cases, uh, it's an unusual thing for a lot of people uh, to have this kind of uh, experience uh, with us in a hospital setting. So I think that's the, uh, that's the trick, that's the, the ticket, that's what makes it work. And uh, again, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's a relationship between us and the staff and the patient, and it's a lot of fun when it's needed. And uh, certainly when we leave, uh, we certainly have a good feeling uh, that we have accomplished something. And I agree with Bruce, some nights we're not there very long. Uh, there's really, uh, uh, the, the other thing we have to remember, it's not about us. Uh, it's not about because we can do a magic trick or we can do that. We want to push it on to anybody. Uh, it's about uh, the patient and their needs and uh, meeting those needs. And we got to remember, even though we're having a lot of fun, um, the person that or persons or patients that we're dealing with are there for a specific reason to get better. And part of that is rest. And so you got to take all these things into consideration. Uh, I tell people when I perform there, I've done really well. No one's actually gotten up and walked away from my show. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I've if had could. Like, ladies say, well, I'm really tired. That's enough. We're not done yet. <laughs> we, we have more. We have more. So we, we're uh, just getting going. Really fun. Uh, even in, uh, we were talking about the elevators, we've had a lot of fun with patients in the elevators and, uh, they don't know we're entertainers in there sometimes and some of the, uh, things that we, uh, do, but that's a, you know, a little smile, a little laughter doesn't hurt in any situation, but I'm saying, uh, especially, especially in the hospital, if we get a little bit of smile or a laughter from a patient and even, uh, as important from the staff who work so hard and uh, people don't realize what goes on behind the scenes and what they accomplish and how dedicated. Uh, to see a smile on their face when we come around is also an accomplishment and uh, and worthwhile. And uh, it's good. Uh, that's why we uh, we continue on and really enjoy our, our our volunteer involvement there. The nurses work some pretty long shifts. Yes, uh, twelve hours. Yes. And often when we go at night, we'll be in there at uh, quarter to seven, ten to seven. We come up on a floor and. You can see the staff. You can determine who's coming on, who's going off. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, they're, well, they're we're sure. No, you got to give it to them. What's that line in the uh, yeah. the uh, column in the Reader's Digest that humor is the best medicine? And yeah. what I said at the outset that uh, pet and entertainer therapy, being alive and well at the Brant Community Healthcare System, it, it certainly is. Time is our enemy as we continue on. Uh, Hospital Insider, the podcast, but uh, Bruce and Doug, thanks for, for joining me today, but really on behalf of all the patients and all the staff and all the other volunteers, thanks for the great work that you're doing at, uh, at the hospital. It's truly appreciated. And Parker's not with us, but an extra Tim bit on his way home as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, look, I'll pick one up for him. Right. However, <laughs> this is not the end of the podcast. We have, a, we have a tradition. We have a round of this and that. And uh, Doug and Bruce have agreed to, uh, to play the game. They're not aware of the questions, just off the top. First question, Doug. Tim Hortons or Starbucks? Uh, Starbucks. Starbucks, Bruce? Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. Next question. Bruce, high-tech or low-tech? Depends. Would you set up um, your own smart TV? Yes. Okay. So I'd say you're high-tech. Thank you. Low, very low-tech. Very low-tech. <laughs> What's worse, doing laundry or doing the dishes? Or do you have to be honest and say you don't do either? Well, I do both. Uh, take my turn anyway, and I don't say I'd have a preference. I do them both together at the same time. <laughs> In the same container. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 
let's get it done. <laughs> it's loud. You have to be efficient. It's loud on the spin no, that cycle. That answers your question, but not a big fan of it, so let's just get her done. We'll move on. Okay. Yeah. It's time for vacation. Uh, summertime or wintertime? Doug, you first. Uh, wintertime. Wintertime? Where do you go? Uh, try to get down south if we can to make it summertime again. <laughs> Good, Bruce. Uh, being retired is any time, but my preference would be summer. Summertime. Any uh, particular uh, spots coming up you have on the, on the uh, wish list, Bruce, since you're retired and more time for travel? We might catch a last minute trip somewhere in February down south, going out to uh, Nova Scotia in April, early May. Uh, there's always something coming up, lots of trips to friends' places. Would you say you're more into fast food or uh, gourmet, Doug? Oh, geez. In between. In between. Yeah. Bruce? Yeah, not so much the fast food, so it'd be in between for me, too. Last question on this or that. Uh, Bruce, watching television, do you binge watch Netflix or any of those programs or any I, favorite show? I have been known to binge watch Netflix. Any yes. particular show? Well, I like shows like Ozark. Yeah, sure, the titles are escaping me uh, right now, but yeah, if I get into a series, I'm not so much on the names of the But yeah, I, I can binge watch if I like it. Okay, Doug? Yeah, I end up doing multitasking while it's on, so I'm not paying attention. But I, I have been, because of my heritage, <clears throat> my parents coming from England, I've been watching The Crown. The Crown. And, uh, <laughs> well, I've been learning a lot of stuff. That's a popular show at this, right. uh, this time. Yeah. Gentlemen, this concludes uh, this episode of Hospital Insider, the podcast. Bruce Wilson, a member of Therapeutic Pods of Canada, who, along with Parker... The, uh, his golden retriever, regularly visit hospital patients, along with Doug Hunt, Doug the Great, as most people know Doug around the area. Uh, they, they are members of the, the Volunteer Association at the Brant Community Healthcare System. So, so thanks, everybody, for joining us on, on this edition of Hospital Insider, the podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another edition. And in the meantime, please stay well so you can do good. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Hospital Insider, the podcast, a presentation of the Brandt Community Healthcare System. Hospital Insider, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting forum. Please press subscribe, and you will always be up to date with Hospital Insider, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please pass it along to your friends. Encourage them to subscribe as well. It's appreciated. In two weeks, we'll return with a new episode of Hospital Insider, the podcast with Gary Chalk. Thank you for listening. I'm Sandy Bishop.